and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. In 2012, my hubby Rick and I, we lost a combined 130 pounds. And since then, I've been coaching people to join me in achieving their plant-based lifestyle goals of weight loss and improved health. So please post your questions for our guests. You can put comments, tell us where you're from. You could even type in, be strong, be well, and be green. <laughs> Just have voice. Let's welcome our guest. At age 69, Judy lost almost 150 pounds in just two years. Now, Judy Finneran has lost a total of 220 pounds and has kept it off. Please click like and share to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Judy Finneran. Welcome, Judy. Thanks. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, I am so glad you're here. People have been really anticipating your appearance today because you shared with us your before and after pictures. So our social media people shared that and people are just so excited. And look at how much light and warmth that you're bringing to the show mm -hmm. already. I know that you're gonna be really positive and uplifting message today. Thank you. Before we get started, I wanted to tell everybody that it did say that Judy had lost 220 pounds, but it wasn't a straight shot, right? <laughs> oh. It was up and down and up and down. I'm the former queen of the weight lost and found department. I was very lost good at losing down. weight and I was even better at finding it again. Wow. So, I mean, what was your biggest weight loss? And then that before you had this final ultimate 220. That would have been um, my all time high was over 350 and I'm 5'4". And in 2000, around the year 2000, I lost 150 pounds on Optifast. I didn't eat one bite of food for 10 months and I reached my goal weight. And when I reached my goal weight, I asked them, can I please keep drinking the shakes? And they said, no, because you'll keep losing weight and you'll die. And I said, what if I have more shakes? You'll die. And I said, okay. And I knew then when I went back on the food, I'd gain the weight back. I hadn't learned anything other than to not eat. And that's not sustainable. So that was the biggest one time consistent weight loss until now. Wow. But that obviously wasn't a healthy or sustainable way to None of the above. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm sure that people that are watching or people that they know, I mean, I know a lot of people that have tried almost every type of weight loss that they're, yeah, you too, right? And have had success and it was a short-term thing. And then right. they, right. It can be so frustrating mm -hmm. because I think that, that when people go into it, they really go in with a, a really positive outlook and they really mm -hmm. feel like this is the one time this is really going to work. And then right. all, as, and what's worse is if they do find success, then ultimately they can't sustain it. And then it right. just makes them feel like they're a failure. But you're here to tell everybody that it's not about you being a failure, right? Right. It's about being a real life person, doing sustainable things and changing your lifestyle. I'm an amazing dieter because I'm very good at following rules. And I, every diet I was on, I was successful. I was not good at maintaining because with every diet, we look at the changes as temporary. And when we reach our goal or we give up or whatever we choose, we tend tend to go back to eating the way we were before. So one of the first things I tell everybody is sad but true. You can never, ever go back to eating the way you used to eat and weigh what you want to weigh. Because how we used to eat is how we got to the weight we didn't want to be. I can't eat the way I weighed when I weighed 350 or when I weighed 275. That's why I weighed that much. You have to make lifetime changes, create new habits, not just go on another diet. We arranged for some true or false questions. And we kind of talked about this one, but let's just put it up. Everybody, if you want to answer this true or false question, you can just type in the comments, true or false. And then Judy's going to tell us what the answer is. And don't worry if it's wrong, because a lot of these things are things that we are maybe either myths or, or things that we don't have all the facts about. So let's just try our first question. And our first question is diets don't work true or false. So type that in to the comments. And while you're typing that in, or just think it in your head, you don't have to type it in if you don't want to. Judy's going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about my personal experience with it. I believe when I hear diets don't work, the first thing I think of is the people didn't follow. Because by nature of what they are, I personally have found all diets work. They're all created for calorie reduction. They're all designed to cause you to lose weight. And every single diet 
I have been on and followed works. So I tell people diets do work when you follow them. And that means following all the guidelines. I was successful on Weight Watchers, Lindora, Optifast, Metafast, all of them. They all work. What happens is we either don't follow them or we give up too quickly. So my answer is false. I believe for me, all diets do work temporarily well that's a very good answer and i hope you learned something from that okay let's try our next question true or false it is best to have several small meals each day instead of two or three meals true or false everybody type in your answer and then judy's going to give us our answer well amy like you i'm a huge dr Furman fan and i really subscribe to the three meals a day. Now I know some people do two meals a day. I'm a three meal a day girl. My mom says when I was a little kid, I'd go one, two, three, one, two, three to make sure I got all my meals in. And I know that everybody is different, but what I've learned from research and stuff is about the catabolic state. And I think eating a lot of small meals might work for some people, but virtually you're snacking all day, you're grazing all day, and you're not really giving your body time to digest. I know some people say they need to eat more meals because of blood sugar or some other issue, but for me, three solid meals a day work. And people say, should I do two meals a day? That works for me. I said, do you want to do that for the rest of your life? Well, no, I don't want to do it for the rest of my life. I say, then don't do it now because you're creating habits that can carry forward into a lifestyle change, not just to lose weight. That actually gave me, literally gave me goosebumps when you said you're creating habits to form a lifestyle mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. And because I see it as true. Before I adopted this lifestyle in 2012, I was one of those persons that if I didn't eat for two or three hours, I would be shaky. I'd get a headache. I would not, I'd mm -hmm. be cranky and I had to have something, you know, even if it wasn't something good, I had to have something and I mm -hmm. would carry things around with me just because I would actually get anxious mm -hmm. if it had been a, more than a couple hours because I knew that I was going to kind of crash. I didn't have diabetes. I wasn't even pre-diabetic. I only learned after I discovered Dr. Furman and he talked about toxic hunger, how really it's just your addiction screaming out that you need another fix. And mm -hmm. that's not really true hunger. But now it's so strange because I'm the same person and I could go, sometimes I'm busy and it's been six hours and I'm like, oh my gosh, what time? Oh, I, I didn't even eat yet. Mm -hmm. So I don't try to starve myself, but I'm not living by, oh my goodness, if I don't eat this very moment, right. something bad's going to happen. And right. that's what, and it's true what you're talking about with the catabolic state because the bodies need to detox. So they're either mm -hmm. making things or they're cleaning up things and they can't, right. our bodies can't do two things very well at the same time. So mm -hmm. really when you're not eating in between those meals, that's when your body can try and get all those toxins out of you, which is really important. Right. I have a lot of people tell me, well, I get really hungry, hungry between meals. And I say, hunger is not an emergency. It's okay to be hungry. And especially since I work with a lot of people who are looking to lose weight, I say, trust me, none of us will starve to death or pass away if we don't eat for a few more hours. It's okay. It's true. And sometimes you think you're hungry and then all of a sudden the phone rings or somebody's at the door or something and then you forgot. <laughs> or hunger, you know? we often think we're hungry when we're really thirsty. That's a, that's a common thing I find that people think they're hungry. I say, go drink a glass of water. I don't want a glass of water. Well, try it. And then they say, oh, okay. Well, I guess maybe I was just thirsty. We, we have to be willing to open our mind to trying new things. We can't do what we've always done because it didn't work. Yes, you are so right. All right, I think we have one more, true or false. So if you guys want to play along and type in true or false, you should weigh yourself every day. True or false. And you type in your answers and let's see what Judy has to say. Well, when I started the program I'm on right now, I was a firm, I've been a weight loss coach forever. I was a firm believer in weighing once a week. And that was based on a premise I've learned to be faulty. The premise was, is that you can be having a great day. You get on the scale. You had a, you've gained and you say, well, forget it. I did everything I should and I gained weight. And so I'm not going to eat well today. The, the thing with the, the problem with that thinking is letting the scale tell us what to do. The scale is simply a number. It's simply feedback. Sometimes on the choices we made the day before, sometimes not. Sometimes it's just our body doing its normal thing. So when I started this program, I was 275 pounds. 
I thought I knew everything. Hello, I'd been a coach forever. I, I knew what to eat and what not to eat. And then I looked at myself at 275 pounds. And I said, how's all that knowledge working for you, Judy? Not so well. So that's when I decided for 28 days, I was just going to follow a program and do what it said. And one of the things was to weigh every day. I whined and moaned and complained. I, I hated it because I'm a really slow loser. The yo-yo dieting has messed up my metabolism and I am a slow weight loss loser. And so I would often go quite a while without losing any weight. But I've been weighing every day now for over three and a half years. I see the value in it. It's instant feedback. For example, a lot of times people don't want to weigh because they had a bad day. And that bad day turns into a bad week and then a bad month. I mean, I've gone years without weighing and then I get going, oh my gosh, I've gained 100 pounds. How did that happen? Because I was not open to looking at it. I weigh every single day now. I have a, I have all the a notebook paper where I've got every single weight for the last three and a half years. Um, we've gone on several extended trips while I've been doing this. I travel with my scale. I... I put it, I goes in and out of my suitcase. And I often say to my husband, I wonder what the housekeeping thinks when they see the scale. He said, mm, I think they're more surprised at all the vegetable trimmings in the trash. <laughs> or on one trip, he said, I think it's your underwear that they're questioning. Because I had all this underwear that had got too big. And so I took it on a trip to Scotland and I, I just would wear a pair of underwear and then I'd throw it away. And the next day I'd wear right. another, throw it away. So it gave me less to pack to come home. So Yes, I believe in weighing every day and not wanting to get on the scale is a mindset. We need to be willing to look at how the choices we make impact us in order to make changes immediately if necessary. Well, that's very good. So now that you've maintained, okay, mm -hmm. what happens now when you get on the scale? Are you consistently the same exact weight every single day? No, and this is where it's a great tool for maintenance. I'm making choices now that I didn't make in the weight loss port. And it gives me, whoa, that didn't work. Scale back or change. It, help, it, it gives me the feedback I need to stay on track. Um, an example, I rarely, rarely eat any processed food, rarely. And a couple weeks ago, I had a, a processed vegan product. Very unusual for me. And I, while I was eating it, I told my husband, I'm not going to look at the sodium while I'm eating this. I can tell by the taste. It's probably not a pretty sight. And then I forgot to look at it. The next morning I got up and on the scale in one day, I was up six pounds. I went and dug it. Yes, those eyes. I went and dug the box out of the trash. I went, oh my gosh, no wonder. I learned that that product doesn't isn't 100% vegan. It was okay, but it didn't work for me. I wouldn't know that if I hadn't gotten on the scale. So in the maintenance phase, I think it's even more important to weigh every day to make changes. A funny story. I was explaining this to one of my clients and she said, that kind of makes sense. It's my dad weighs every day. And if he goes up two pounds, he says, it's time to cut back to one Manhattan instead of two. I said, well, that's not exactly what I suggest. But yeah, that's the idea to get feedback on the choices and make changes when you need to that's really smart because you couldn't if you waited even even if it was a week you wouldn't know what it was no. that made right. that change and it right. could be a six pound gain in a week and you would think oh maybe i just gained one pound each day where you knew exactly what it was right. because you weighed the right. next day so you right. travel with a scale what kind of scale is it I have a Renfo scale and i love it because i love all the apps on it one of the happiest days of my life is when my metabolic age became younger than my physical age. That was fabulous. Um, I revel that I'm in a, I've gone from morbidly obese to obese to a normal weight range. And I get to see that. I mean, I love all the statistics, but it's pretty light. I used to, one trip I took an Aria, it was a lot heavier than the Renfro, but now I take a Renfro and it comes in and out of the suitcase in every hotel room we're on. This weekend we were camping. I have a scale in my motorhome, and I always travel with my weight loss tracker. So that I can record it. I love the tools that you talk about because this is a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you're going to put yourself first, then you definitely need to have some accountability. Right. And you're the one that you lie to the most, but <laughs> the, the accountability is going to keep you right. from doing that. 
Right. So let's hear about your story. So you want to tell us about your weight loss journey? Well, I, I, I always thought I was heavy as a kid. And then I spent many years wishing I could have weighed what I weighed then. Um, but I was, I was, I guess I was kind of a normal weight. And, and the, I, I remember so clearly the first time I ate in an odd way. And I'm going to preface that by, it was a binge. And I, I mean, I didn't always eat the right things, but I ate quasi normally. Um, I got married when I was 20 years old. I didn't want to get married. I was kind of in a rebound thing and I got, and I remember the night before the wedding, I, I walked into my house and my mom and my future mother-in-law were sitting there cutting up pineapple for the wedding the next day. And I said, this is a mistake. I don't want to do this. And they went, oh, <laughs> wedding jitters. I was having this huge wedding, seven attendants. My grandmother had made all the gowns. So I went through with it. I knew it was a mistake. We got married on a Saturday. We had a one night honeymoon. Came back to our apartment on Sunday and on Monday morning, my new husband left for work. So I'm sitting in this apartment by myself and it was, it was a store like a 7-Eleven was right next door. I walked over to the, and I don't remember what my thinking was. That was a long time ago, but I walked over to that 7-Eleven. I bought one of those eight packs of Hostess Donuts. I, I'm not even a sweet person. I'm a savory person, but I bought an eight pack of Hostess Donuts and I went back to my apartment and I ate every single donut. I had never done that. And then the, the problem sign that looking back is then I hid the trash. And it's how you go from kind of eating in a normal way to a binge eater overnight. And it was kind of innate. Hide the trash. Feeling guilty about what I did. In that marriage, I gained 50 pounds in the first six months. And people go, oh, you're kind of getting low. Oh, it's a birth control pill. It wasn't the birth control pills. It was the food I was eating. I just was not happy. And I didn't recognize it then as emotional eating, but that's obviously what it was. I was eating because I was unhappy and I was actually in that marriage seven years and that seven years was horrific. I mean, there's a story in my book about onion rings. Um, I was married to a rock and roll musician. He would leave at like five o'clock on a Friday night and get home at, I don't know, five the next morning, three the next morning. So I had a lot of time by myself and I filled those hours with eating. And I lived down the street from the Jack in the Box. And I remember driving to a Jack in the Box one night and ordered, ordering an order of onion rings. And I went back Saturday night, ordered two orders of onion rings. Well, over the months, the order number of ordering, un, number of orders of onion rings increased to my all-time high. One Friday night, I ordered 14 orders of onion rings just for me. So many that the person when I was checking out said, what do you do with all these onion rings? And I'm quick. I said, I'm having a poker party at my house and they're for the people playing poker. I never knew I could be such a quick liar. And I took them home and I ate and I ate and I ate. I mean, my head hurt so much. I thought I must have eaten so much that it's backed up to my brain. And I'm probably going to blow my brain out or something. But I had to air out the whole apartment. I had to put the trash in a dumpster. I had all the windows open so that the house didn't smell like onion rings. I was sick. I was literally sick. And my husband knew I liked onion rings. And that night he got home, I don't know, two o'clock, got home early. And he said, oh, I brought you something. True story. He brought me an order of onion. And I looked at him. I thought, this is my karma. This is my karma. Of course, I had to eat them. What am I going to say? Oh, no, I've already had 14 orders tonight. I mean, what could I? I ate those onion rings. And it was one story after another that mortified one thing i mean i worked up to eating four boxes of craft macaroni and cheese in a night i mean it was awful and i never really tied in to the emotional part during that time i joined weight watchers several times reached my goal gained it back rejoined um this was a long time ago before everything in the world was computerized a lot of you I know are familiar with Weight Watchers. When you reach your goal weight, you become a lifetime member. And you can attend meetings free as long as you stay within two pounds of your goal weight. But I would gain weight back. And I was so ashamed to say I gained weight back. I'd join another meeting. Have you ever been a member before? Nope. I didn't want to join free because I was embarrassed that I'd gain that weight back. And so I kept joining different meetings, different meetings. And it didn't tie up anywhere because no computers. Finally, I thought somebody should start remembering. I started using fake names. I mean, how sad is that to join Weight Watchers using aliases? 
because you didn't want anybody to know how many times you joined. I think I ended up being a lifetime member, I don't know, four or five times under different names. And kind of the, the, the saga continued. Got divorced, got remarried to my wonderful husband now. Um, kind of maintained weight pretty well for a couple of years. And then I got pregnant the first time. And I was sick for nine months. And couldn't keep anything down. And I was a, a healthy weight. And I went to the doctor. My three-month appointment, he said, um, you're losing too much weight. You need to gain weight. I said, seriously? Oh. No one in my life ever told me I needed to gain weight. Because I'm an um, overachiever, I gained eight, 80 pounds in the next six months. And the whole cycle started again, up and down. And that's when I joined OptiFast, up and down. Long story short, we moved to Hawaii, came back. Very sad about that. I, and that's when I got to my all-time high weight of 350 pounds. <laughs> the look on your face, Amy. Well, I, I kind of feel, I, I kind of feel sad. It, it was very sad. It was very sad. And then, and then I, uh, in 2006, my friend, my good friend, called and said, um, "My husband and I are working with this company called Beachbody. I'd like you to come to a meeting." And it was to be a coach. And I thought it was called Million Dollar Body. I thought, my body's like worth a buck 380. Why would I go there? And she's very honest. And I said, well, I'd be the only obese person there. And she said, yeah. And the only reason I went is one of my favorite movies in life is Pretty Woman. And at that time, I was right around 320. I love Pretty Woman. And this event was being held at the Beverly Wilshire three nights free. And that's the only reason I went. And it was a turning point in my life because I thought I was gonna, that everyone was going to judge me. I thought I was going to be the outcast, but I wanted those three free nights at the Beverly Wilshire. Well, everybody was very welcoming. And that, that, that weekend changed my life. And I had given up on ever being a healthy weight. I had decided the emotional pain, the psychic drama, the disappointment, the excitement, it was all worse than just staying obese. I had given up. And that weekend, I decided to, to give up on giving up on me. And I never gave up after that. But from 2006 to 2018, I was up and down. I did a 60 day. I, I saw a movie at Whole Foods, fat, sick, and nearly dead. I told my husband, it's kind of like your story with your husband, Amy. I said, if I buy this movie will you watch it he goes yeah as long as it's not boring so we watched <laughs> of course it wasn't boring at the end i said uh -huh. i'm going to do a 60 day juice fast he said of course you are i'd never juiced in my life i went out <laughs> the next day i bought a juice i bought the vegetables and i did it and the whole time i was in doing that joe kept talking about dr Furman monitoring him and i thought i believe i have that book <laughs> and that's when i made the decision that when I got off my juice fast, I was going to follow Eat to Live. And that's my food plan that I follow. And I went up and down the same 50 pounds. And that's why when in 2018, I was invited to participate in this mindset program, because I knew what to eat, but I obviously wasn't applying it. I took that mindset program and I modified it to Eat to Live. So when people say what to do, I do Eat to Live with the mindset piece added to it. And I think Eat to Live is the healthiest way to eat. Um, I love my vegetables. And the combination of those two programs was what I needed. It was my magic answer. And I've been at goal within 5 to 10 pounds for probably a year and a half. And it still worked. And look at you now. Do you, would you mind telling everyone your age now? I would not mind. Um, I will be 71 in December. And two years ago in Beachbody, I was the 50, the woman's finalist. There were 52,000 entries and I was one of eight finalists for the women 50 and over category. Wow. I mean, so I'm 70 and feel better than I felt at 40. I can do more than I did at 40. Exactly. I mean, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. But for me, I say the same things. I can do things now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can, some of the things I do now, I couldn't do when I was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't overweight when I was a teenager. That's my thing. So what I'm trying to say is it's not just whether you're overweight or you're not, it's your health and your, and energy. your, and your energy level mm -hmm. and your ability to make muscle and not just your physical health, right, Judy? It's your emotional health and your... And that's why I'd reached a point where it was, it was just too hard for the ups and downs. 
um, just before I started this program, we had gone to the UK and we were in Ireland and we went to Blarney Castle and I was all set to kiss the Blarney Stone. And they have a very, we were at Blarney Castle and there's a very steep set of, set of stone steps leading up to where the Blarney Stone is. And I looked at those steps. There were no hand, I mean, it's a castle. I don't know, thousand years old. I don't know how old, it was old, no handrails. And these steps just went up and up and up and they got narrower and I thought, Will I be able to do that? And to the just to the right of where the stairs went up, there was a defibrillator. And I thought, that's your sign. Don't do those steps. Don't do those steps. So I sat outside and waited. My husband went and kissed a Blarney Stone. It probably was an hour for him to go up the steps, get in the line, get his pictures, come back down. And I thought, that's yet another thing that I did not get to do because of my weight. And then so I started on this program, started having success. And then two years ago, we went to Scotland. There's a place in Scotland called Arthur's Seat. It's the highest point in the city of Edinburgh. And when you look up at it from the ground, the people look like ants up there. And I'm thinking back two years ago, I couldn't kiss the Blarney Stone because I couldn't do the step. This year, I'm hiking to the top of Arthur's Seat. It's not a nice trail. It's rocks and dirt and mud and you climb from rock to rock. And I did it. And I was so proud of myself from two years ago, I couldn't kiss the Blarney Stone to now I'm at the top of Arthur's Seat. And I told myself at the top, there's nothing you can ever eat. There's no instant food gratification is ever worth giving up being able to do something and that's what i remind myself the dichotomy of those two years apart can't do the stairs to hike to the top of a mountain no matter what you say no to it's worth it it's worth it for your health your energy and your mental well-being and feeling proud of yourself and all the things that you're saying today i have this book you can see i started reading it the book is called the b plus diet mm -hmm. And you can tell everybody why you made that title. I was surprised because it's not just about weight loss. It's really about mindset. Mm -hmm. So it has a whole bunch of really cool little snippets and quotes. You can't spell challenge without change. Just things that I love and, I, and things that you would almost think that people would want to just make a copy of the page and then stick it in those places all around their house so that they could see it. You know, it's delusional to think that you can eat how you used to eat and still look the way you want to look. Mm -hmm. Your metabolism hasn't changed. I mean, right. it's just full of these nuggets. Plus it also gives you tips and, and tricks and, and mindset. But so tell us about your book, the B plus diet and tell us that's something that's a really great title because you're like B plus. Okay. Maybe. Well, I'm a recovering, <laughs> I'm a recovering perfection and I have found in my coaching, and I'm sure you found the same thing, a lot of women who struggle with maintaining weight loss are hugely successful in every other area of their life. I always succeeded in whatever I attempted to do except lose weight and keep it off. And it's because we set up unrealistic expectations for us. We expect to be perfect. And for me, if I wasn't perfect, I became perfectly horrid. Because if I couldn't be the best eater, I could be the worst eater. Striving for perfection, good or bad. And Many years ago, I actually had three businesses and I wasn't doing any of them exceedingly well because I was dividing my time and I was at a seminar at a mastermind and that you had to stand up and share what your takeaway was. And I stood up and said, my takeaway is I have to focus on one thing. I was in a wine company and I thought I'm stepping down from that. I own a women's networking company. I said, I'm selling that someone at the table bought. I said, I'm going to focus exclusively on Beachbody and I'm going to give up being perfect because people say they're perfect all the time or oh i would never eat that or i, I always want to go be a fly in the wall in their house because no one's perfect and i was in an event and tony robbins shared a quote that struck me right upside the head he said perfection is the lowest possible standard you can set the lowest we all think we're all so amazing we all say well i have to do it perfectly he said you're admitting right off the bat you're not going to do it because no one's perfect so that's a very low standard because no one could meet it it was like, I was a kid in school that always had to be teacher's pet. I always had to have the A pluses. I always had to be the best. And then I started thinking, you know, I bet all those B and C students had great lives too. Why did I waste so much time on that? And adopting the attitude that I didn't have to be perfect was what started me on my success. An example, I like potato chips. In the past, if I would have a potato chip, my mindset was I blew it, I'm bad, 
I didn't do what I said I was going to do. So I may as well eat this bag and buy 10 more because I'll start over tomorrow. No one ever gains weight from one potato chip. What causes us to gain weight is that guilt we inflict on ourselves, that judgment we make of ourselves that causes us to eat 27 more bags of as opposed to saying, hmm, I ate that potato chip that really doesn't support my goals. What was going on? Was I upset about something? Was I hungry and I needed to fix a meal? Learning from it, figuring out what caused that one potato chip. And most of all, not berating or judging yourself. You don't need to go through life never having one single potato chip. Now, I don't keep potato chips in my home, but if we're out, I may have a potato chip. I mean, this weekend, we one of the things we took to our camp out, I had a few of those, but I put the bag away. I'm maintaining. You're not a bad person. Food is not a moral decision. If you eat a cookie, if you eat a potato chip, you're not a bad person. You simply made a choice that doesn't support your long-term goals. And a B plus person, not an A plus, a B plus person makes sure that their choices which support their goals outnumber the choices that don't. It's a B plus. If 85% of your choices are good, you will get to your goal. That's a good mindset. And and like I said in the book, it's not just about weight loss. These things apply to so many things. It's helpful for men too, because I think that there's a lot of them that are perfectionists as well. Mm -hmm. But women, we, we just have this inner voice, a lot of us. And is my house clean enough? Is my body looking a certain way? My work doing okay? And all just striving to be perfect. Like you said, you're right. If we can just let go of that perfectionism and it will definitely support us and make, make us who we're supposed to be because I mean, we're human beings, right? We're not supposed to be really perfect. There is no perfect, right? right. And, we, and we judge ourselves so harshly. We rob ourselves of experiences. For example, I love the beach. I'm a beach person. Um, I live eight miles from the ocean. I didn't go to the beach for years because I didn't want to be seen in the bathing. And finally, I said, I miss the beach. So I went to JCPenney's and bought a 4X bathing suit. And I said, I'm going to the beach. And I got there. I sat in my sand chair. Big mistake. Kind of hard to get out of. Um, but the moment I put my toes in the sand, I thought, I've missed this. I've missed this. And you know what? Maybe there were people looking at me. Maybe there were people saying she shouldn't be in a bathing suit. So I thought, too bad. What they think of me is none of my business. I gave this up for years because of perfect strangers, my thinking they were going to judge me. Or often, perfect strangers don't think about us nearly as much as we think they're thinking about us. And I loved going to the beach. And I haven't, I kept going to the beach. And I thought that's just one of many things that I gave up because I was afraid what people think of me wanting to fit in, not wanting to be judged. We know too bad if they're going to judge me. We all have issues. Mine just happens to show in my weight. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me less of a person. And I love the beach. So I went. I'm glad you talked about people judging. So now we have the opposite end of the spectrum where if somebody does achieve their weight loss or they're or on their way to achieving mm -hmm. their goal and they're starting to lose weight and people are asking questions, they never, of course, ask you, are you okay when you're gaining weight? Right, right. But they never say, oh, you're too fat, but they're so quick to say you're too thin. But you're right. Why didn't you say that when I was too fat? Exactly. Or worry about my health. And right. now that I'm slim, yeah, that happened to my husband. We don't live in our original location, so we had traveled back and he just so happened that somebody was driving down the street. They stopped their car and they said they saw me, you uh -huh. know, and I mean, I did lose 30 pounds. I'm very short stature. So on me, it was a lot, but not, it's not the same as when somebody loses triple digits like my husband mm -hmm. did. And so they saw me and they kind of recognized me and they were like, who's this guy? And then oh, they then thought the you were with another talking. man. Well, they, at first, and then they said, <laughs> Then they realized that it was my husband and uh -huh. they were shocked because they really didn't recognize him. And then they started questioning him. Are you everything okay? You know, they didn't want to say. I guess my question is, and you have now encountered this, you changed your lifestyle. So mm -hmm. you're maybe eating around people that you used to and you're looking different. And so you have people judging you, people telling you, oh, you're too thin or what kind of food you're eating. That's how do you eat this way? And mm -hmm. I could never do that. And sometimes we take so many cues from people that were around that it can make us say, oh, I'm too embarrassed to eat my food when I'm out with friends because they're going to make comments or 
so tell us some of the things that you say to people when they talk about these kinds of things with you, when they bring these things up. Well, when people say, you're not going to lose any more weight, are you? And I'll say, no. Well, you're kind of saying, I'll say, you don't see me naked. That's my standard answer. You don't see me naked. Our, our motorhome weekend, that's a good example. A lot of people don't eat like we do. I'm kind of a rebel. I'm kind of a salmon who swims upstream. I'm never afraid to have my own because I kind of revel in being different. And what's fun, like with our fun motorhome, they always are so interested in what I have to eat. They're so interested in what I have to eat. So I always feel that even though I'm eating differently than them, I'm being a good example. You know, I'm just being a good example. Um, the two most common questions I get are, have you had weight loss surgery? And I'll say no, because I knew enough to know that to lose weight and keep it off, you have to change how you eat. So if I have to do that anyway, I'm not going to get my body cut into. So no, I haven't had weight loss surgery. The other question I get at least once or twice a week, someone will message me and say, can I ask you a personal question? I said, here it comes. It's either the weight loss surgery or the other question. And one of them, the other one is, is have you had excess skin removed? And I said, no. Why don't I see any excess skin? You must not have any excess skin. I'll say, excuse me, this skin at one point had 220 extra pounds in it. Of course I've got loose skin. What does it show? I say, do you see me in hot pants and tank tops? <laughs> I mean, hello, of course I've got loose <laughs> And I kind of view it as my badge of honor. And I'll often have clients tell me, here's my fear with losing weight. I'm going to have loose skin. I said, yeah, you might. I said, start exercising sooner, the healthier you eat. But yes, you will have loose skin. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to get to go and have all loose skin. I said, I've got a perfect plan for you. And they said, what's that? I said, lose your weight. Get your goal. And if you have loose skin, guess what? You can gain all the way back. And I said, well, that's stupid. I say, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And I hope I, you guys are all taking notes here. Because I said, loose skin won't kill you. Morbid obesity will. And like, Amy, your point was so true. They're asking for healthy now. They should have been asking me, are you, what about your health when you're 350 pounds? Not when you're 125 pounds. That's a good weight. 350 pounds. I felt like I was walking around with a gun to my head. Think, And every time I ate, it was like Russian roulette. Pull the trigger, blank. Pull the trigger, blank. And I thought, how many times am I going to pull that trigger until there's a bullet in there? Because I literally locked, walked around thinking I could have a heart attack any minute or I could have a stroke and drop dead any minute. I lived my life in fear of dropping dead any minute. That's not a way, good way to live. Oh, not at all. Uh, Ella wants to know, what do you eat when you travel? So you I travel. I love, love, so love that question because I travel a lot and we are traveling now. Finally, we get to travel. We have a portable kitchen. Now I have my international travel kitchen and I have my national travel kitchen. In my national travel kitchen, when we're going in the U.S., I do take my Vitamix. If we're Traveling by car, I take my Vitamix, I take my Instapot, I have an entire kitchen, knives, blah, blah, blah. Internationally, I don't take a blender anymore because in liver, in London, I plugged it in and it starts smoking. And my husband said, mm, they have a different current here. So we don't take that. But in, in we're packing for Scotland and in my kitchen, I have a cutting board. I have a chef's knife. I found these amazing collapsible salad bowls. Oh, I where'd have, you get those? Amazon, they're amazing. They fit a Dr. Furman salad. They go, whoop, they get really big. <laughs> I have a vegetable peeler. I have all of that stuff. So I have my basic shake every morning in my hotel room. I eat breakfast in my hotel room every morning. Lunch is typically out. Um, I'm known for carrying beans in my purse. Um, <laughs> in, in the UK, you can get vegetable soup in any restaurant. And it all looks the same. For some reason, all over the UK, they mush it up it's orange and it's liquidy they don't ever show any vegetables so i put and i take my baggie out of my purse and put my beans in it um at i shop when we get there i buy my almond milk i buy my bananas for my shake i buy big bagged greens i buy carrots i buy tomatoes and for dinner almost every night we make a salad in our room i carry a little bottle of balsamic vinegar i buy more when i'm there so I pretty much eat the way I, when I travel, as I do at home, with a couple of exceptions, B plus. When we were in Ireland two years ago, three years ago, um, we went to Bushmills Whiskey. It's the oldest distillery in Ireland. 
Yes, I did a whiskey tasting. The old mindset would have said, you drank that whiskey, you've blown your diet, you may as well eat bad stuff for the rest of your vacation. I didn't. And when I went to Ireland, I was in, in the kind of in the beginning of this program. My goal was to lose at least five pounds in Ireland. My stretch goal was to break the 200 pound mark. The day we left our Ireland, I was 199.5. I lost nine and a half pounds on that trip by eating. This. And I, I had that whiskey tasting, but the B plus didn't go off the rails any other way. I had that. It was a lifetime opportunity. I took it. It didn't mean I was bad. It didn't mean I cheated. I don't believe in cheated. I don't believe in cheat days. I believe it's all choices. So it's the mindset of making those lifestyle changes. And so traveling doesn't mean you go on holiday from your health. And that's a lot of people. I'm on holiday. I'm on vacation. I can eat whatever I want. Sure. If you want to come back 10 pounds heavier, it may sound fun in the moment, but it's not worth it. And on a date, and that's one reason I weigh every day when I travel to make sure what I'm doing, because I do typically lunch in restaurants at, and some more salt. Sometimes they have oil in them. I track it and then I make adjustments the next day. So how do I eat when I travel? Pretty much the same way I travel at home. We were getting off a of town in Scotland. Our tour driver says, is there a vegan restaurant in town? He said, you're on vacation. Eat the way you want. I said, I am. I eat the way I eat at home. That's how I want to eat. It's a mindset. That's how I choose to eat. This is my food. Very good. And, and I think that was very inspiring for a lot of people because they have to know that a vacation isn't about going off your plan and your lifestyle. It's about enjoying the experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've carried beans in my purse. Too. Yes. <laughs> or a potato. Uh, I've only ever carried beans. Well, beans and, beans and balsamic vinegar for my salad. Right, exactly. And it's okay because you're purchasing the food. So right. it's not that you're not buying something, you're just adding right. something to it. I'm adding to it, right. Right. And there are some people that bring their, even if they're not eating this way, some people just have a preferred salad dressing that they carry around when they go out to eat. So it's right. basically kind of the same thing. Okay, let's see. We have a question from Anne. Hi, Anne. How did you get over cravings? I still feel them. And it's difficult to think of anything else. Here's the honest answer. You never get over them. You're always going to want that stuff. I still would like to eat an entire bag of potato chips. I would. The thing with cravings are just because we're craving something doesn't mean we have to have it. And that's where the mindset comes in. Recognizing I'm craving that because I have good memories associated with it. I liked it. So what? You're stronger than your craving. Can't think of anything else. Find something else to think about. Maybe journal why I'm wanting that. Maybe if it's, maybe you're getting close to lunch, go make a healthy lunch. I tell people you never get over them. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe I don't know. No, you don't. I'm going to give you an example. I gave up diet soda 13 years ago, 13 years ago. And that was hard for me to give up. Two things. Um, I never tell myself I can't have something. I have a slogan that I love. It's called delay, not deny. Because I, if, if you try and deny me something, I'll have 72 of them just because I'm a real. But if I tell myself I'm not going to have that today, I'll have it tomorrow. So even talking about diet soda, I feel my mouth starting to hot saliva. I love diet soda. So I just say I'm not going to have one today. I'll have it tomorrow if I want. And same thing with a craving. Say you're craving french fries. I'll have them tomorrow. You wake up the next morning and you're so proud of yourself for not choosing. You say, okay, I won't choose them again today. I am now 13 years diet soda free by the delay, not deny. I still think people say, oh, it tastes like chemicals. I don't think so. I think I'd probably still really like it. And so I just don't go there. The best way to combat cravings is to ignore them. As you And you can do it. You're stronger than your cravings. And, they, and the when you give in to them, I find that it, it makes you want more. That's why I don't go anywhere near Diet Coke. Or Diet Pepsi. I wasn't discriminatory. I'd eat, eat either one. You have to know your trigger foods and you have to just not stay away from them. But you're always going to have cravings. And I'm the sad bearer of tidings on that. Right. That's the truth. And you have to change your lifestyle. It's not just a temporary thing that you're going to just right. do for a little while. Right. The payoff is all the way that you feel better and you have more energy and there are experiences that you can have now that you never thought you could. Carmen wants to know, did you ever plateau? Always. How did you stay motivated? And yeah, well, how long did you, what's your longest plateau? I, I am a very, very, very slow weight loss loser. And the program I follow, you focus on just the next two pounds and then the next two pounds. And I started tracking how long it was between those two pounds. 
probably the shortest was two or three days. A lot of people do it in a day. The longest was 27 days to lose two pounds. How did I stay motivated? I think the term motivated is, is overrated. I don't think it's about motivation. I think it's about commitment. I'm never motivated to get gasoline in my car. I don't think that's fun. I hate getting gas, but you know what? I've run out of gas like 13 times. I got over not liking to get gas. So I get in. So I'm not motivated, but I get it. I think it's more about a commitment because a lot of us do things when we're motivated, but motivated motivation can be fleeting. So instead of focusing on motivation, focus on the commitment that you make. So I lost weight very slowly. I kept thinking, I'll be at my goal by this January. I'll be at my goal. And it took three of those Januaries. And how I kept going was knowing that regardless of what the scale was saying, I was eating healthy food. I was, you mentioned Amy building muscles. I have like muscles for the first time in my life. I felt great. I was fitting into clothes I hadn't fit into for years. All of that stuff, the non-scale victories are what I focused on because I lose so slowly. And I had an entire huge closet of clothes that were too small. So I went in and I mean, I'm talking a giant walk-in closet. I'm, I arranged them all by size and I would pull out like the next probable size and I would pick an item and I'd hang it on my closet, on my bedroom door. So I saw it every time I went in and out of my bedroom and I tried it on every Monday until it fit. And once it fit, I decided, do I still like it? Does it make me happy? Would I buy it today? Nope, I got rid of it. Or if I, there were a few things that I kept not a lot. Then I'd go pick out the next one. And so I kept shooting for those next outfits. I also took a picture on the first of every month. Because a lot of times when you don't see it on the scale, you can see it in your body. And so I had those side-by-side -side pictures every month. So the best way to stay committed, not motivated, is to focus on your goal and the non-scale victory. I still, because I still get such a thrill about it, when I get on an airplane now and I hook my seatbelt and I hold up the extra, I still take a picture. Say, no seatbelt extender. Because it's so mortifying to ask for seatbelt extenders. I used to travel a lot and I'd travel for three weeks. So I'd ask for a seatbelt extender on the first flight. And this flight attendant would always go, who wanted the seatbelt extender? <laughs> oh, they, no. I, I think they're trained in that sadistic way of giving you the extender. So I would keep it and we'd land. I put it in my purse and I'd take it all my flights in between. The last flight I'd get off, I'd leave it in that airplane because it was just so horrifying to have to ask for the seatbelt extender. So I still get a charge out of not asking for a seatbelt extender. It's those things that make the difference. Yeah. yeah. And the, you're absolutely right. I love those strategies that you talked about. They're, I hope you guys are all taking notes because these are really great strategies. Of course, you can get the book and then you'll get a lot more strategies too. But these are really great strategies. So what do you do with your clothes? As Because I, I've had people say, what should I do with my clothes? Should I keep the ones as they're losing weight? They're so worried that maybe they should keep the ones that are larger. What did you do? When you keep the clothes that are larger, you're saying, I'm going to gain the weight back. So right off the bat, that's the wrong mindset. You need to make a decision. I'm never going back. There. No, I'll be honest. I made that decision many times. I've given away tons of clothes and had to keep go rebuying. I still think that's better because it causes you to think about it more. I gave them away. I donated them. Um, I gave away a, a t-shirt this morning that I hadn't worn a long time, but it was too big. I gave it away. Don't keep clothes that are too big as a safety. I have, I have, I have created an exercise habit and I have all these leggings that I love and people say, Oh, do you ever wear anything else? Yes. When I'm done with my workouts, I take my leggings off. People say, why? And I said, I spent years being able to fit into a pair of jeans that zipped and buttoned. I want to button them. I want to zip those jeans up. Um, I finally bought, you know, I, I bought some joggers, which I steered away from for a long time because they're elastic waist, but I buy them in smalls because they're comfortable and they're warm. But it's, it's the, we all know what to eat naughty. The only thing that stops us from being successful is what's in our mind. And a question I get a lot, and I'm, I'm, you didn't ask if I'm going to, people ask, how could you have been 350 pounds and been vegan? Because I was, I've been vegan for 27 years. I was vegan before there was any whole food plant. At one point, probably for eight years, I owned every vegan cookbook there was. You can't now because there's 40 that come out in a month. But I owned all of them. But I was vegan at 350 pounds. They say, how could you do that? Well, for example, my dinner at Islands was a, ale, a brown ale, french fries, and onion rings. That was my dinner. 
Hello, that's why it was 350 that's pounds. vegan. That's vegan, wasn't healthy, but that's the kind of thing that we can't go back to. So just being vegan or just being plant-based isn't where it's at. You have to make healthy choices, you have to be accountable, and you have to pay attention to what you're eating. Absolutely. Okay, so we have another question, Gina. And you talked about exercise a little bit. What type of exercise did you start with? Many, many, many years ago when I became a beach body coach, I started with walking. And at that point, I could only walk three minutes a day. I've been affiliated with a fitness company for almost 15 years. And I am embarrassed to say I relished my pride in not being an exerciser. I'm not one of those people who jump up and can't wait to exercise, blah, blah, blah. And I think I took a perverse pride in it, which was wrong. So when I started this program, I did not exercise until I'd lost my first 80 pounds. And then I thought, this is ridiculous. I don't believe that exercise significantly helps us lose weight. I think exercise is all about our health. I think it's about the muscles that you mentioned, Amy. I think it's about core strength. I think it's about heart health. I think it's about so many things that are important, especially as we get older. So I was at our company convention. I said, okay, I'm going to start. And I picked a workout program and I got home and it was a cardio program. And I said, I'm going to commit to finishing this program. And I did. And then I picked another program. And then I picked another program. And all I did was create a new habit. I still don't jump up and say, I can't wait to exercise. I love my exercise. I enjoy my exercise. I get up and do it every, every morning. I get my workout clothes out the night before. But I started that program July 18th, 2018. I have not missed an exercise day since. I've done all sorts of things. I've done couch to 5K twice. I've done another running program. I do cardio programs. I do weightlifting programs. I always am doing a program and I always have another program picked out. In Scotland, my goal is to qualify. I have to, I have a thing where I color in when I workout i have to walk at least five miles a day to qualify as a workout that's what i do when i travel if i'm not working out now i might went to my son's wedding in may i worked out of my hotel room i worked out of my motorhome this weekend because i was doing specific programs in scotland my goal is walking five miles a day or more. right i am intentional with a lot of things in my life and exercise is one of them first thing i do when i wake up in the morning i put on my exercise clothes and i'm I might be emptying the dishwasher, but I'm in them. Me too. I'm ready to go. And then, because right. it's just like some things that I have to get out of my brain, like the dishwasher has been emptied, certain things that I feel, okay, now things are calm. Now I can go and do it. And that's what I do. I do exercise. And one of the things that I did, and it wasn't at first, I did the Beachbody P90X. Mm -hmm. And I love that one because it, it had a workbook and a lot of them do where you can write in every day. And I kept all of them from, well, I've been exercising before 2012 and I just kept gaining weight. I kept gaining weight anyway. You can't out exercise what you eat. And it's so funny that you mentioned that, Amy, on my Facebook memories today, is, I believe, I don't believe in coincidence. I believe everything happens for me. A memory came up that was me with Tony Horton when I was P90X certified. I was the only 300 pound person getting certified with Tony Horton and P90X. But that picture came up on my memory stand. I said, oh, look at that picture. Look at that picture. Oh, but yeah. I, I get up and make my breakfast. I get up and get my exercise clothes on and make my breakfast because I want it ready when I'm done. Yes. And then I start my workout. But it's still, you have to be intentional. That was such a good word to use. Saturday morning, I woke up my motor home. I thought, okay, our group breakfast is at eight. The meeting starts at nine. I'm on the board. I'm just going to flip. Sunday was my alleged rest day. I'm going to flip it and I'm going to do it when I get home. I thought, you're not going to get home till two or so Sunday. Then it's going to be too late and then you're going to want to not do it. And I said, oh, shut up and just go do it. I yes. shut up and just went and do it. We have to still catch ourselves making those excuses. I was coming up with some great excuses as to why not to do it Saturday morning. I said, stop it and do it. And I did. And once it's done, it's done. And then you just feel so good about yourself for the, instead of beating yourself up for the rest of the day, right. you're feeling like I did that. It wasn't so bad. It went by quick and, and um, I survived and I still managed to get the important things done. And you'd be surprised, right? You can make it work. Just and I love that. Priority. I really regretted doing that workout. Said no one ever. <laughs> And I remind myself, you can beat yourself up all, I would have beat myself up all day long, Saturday. I would have been dreading doing it in the afternoon. So, I mean, it would have been a whole weekend of mind thinking about the exercise. So if it's getting done, forget about it. And right. it was over. 
And the thing is, is if you haven't exercised ever and you're just starting out, even just walking a fourth of the block and then turning right. around and coming home, if right. you just make that commitment to do that every single day, that's good enough until yes, you feel like Be doing lost. more. Doing more than what you're doing. I'm a really slow jogger. I have two marathons on my vision board now that I've crossed off the book. Um, I'm really, really slow. But I love that saying, no matter how slow you're going, you're lapping everyone sitting on the couch. And that's true. It doesn't matter. I did a um, turkey trot 5K this year. I'm kind of not coordinated. That's why I break a leg. I said, oh, no, because I do break things. Um, I actually had a broken arm when I did the 5K, so I walked it, <clears throat> the turkey trot. Then, because I'm a bit obsessive, I went back and did it. There's a place by the beach that I walked, and as I'm doing this 5K, and I'm jogging all the time, slowly. And there were only two people I passed, and they were both older than me, which is pretty old. And I thought, everybody else has passed me. I thought, it doesn't matter because I'm doing it anyway. My husband said, I'm not jogging. I'm going to walk. And I said, okay. So we get to the point where it's time to turn around and I hit the pole with my hand. I turn around and, and there's Kevin like 12 feet behind me. He was walking. I thought, what are you doing so close behind me? He goes, you're not very fast. But <laughs> I was jogging slowly. So it doesn't matter. Don't let other people's judgments of how you're doing bother you. I mean, in all the workout programs I always use, I don't jump. I use the modifier. If there's something I can't do, I think I cannot do a regular push-up. I can't. I do wall push-ups. There's always a way to modify something and you're still moving. It doesn't matter. And it's not just good for your physical being. It's good for your mental clarity. It really is. Right. Speaking of mindset, Misty wants to know, does the B plus diet help with mindset? The B plus diet is all about mind. The whole book was designed to be my story of changing my mindset to be successful. That was the whole point of the book. And I worked with an amazing um, book. I'll call her my book Sherpa. She's a best-selling author and she helped me every step of the way. The book would have never made it to reality without her. But she's the one who suggested adding it in what I eat. I said, the book isn't about food. We all know what to eat. She said, some people are going to be curious about what you eat. So that's the only reason food is even mentioned in the book. Because the B plus diet, people say, what's a B plus diet? I say, it's not a diet. It's about changing your mindset, giving up perfection, and doing the best you can do every day. So it's all about mind. And yes, it does have what I eat for people who want to know. But it's not about that. The B plus diet is the diet of the brain, changing our thoughts. Thoughts become things, so choose the good ones, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Wow, you are just so motivating, Judy. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I think that there's a lot of people that are watching or will be watching because not everybody's watching live that probably are going to say to themselves, this is the day. What do you want to tell them, the people that are watching or listening to make them realize that they that, that today's the day to start? What do you want to give them? You are never too old, too fat, and it's never too late. 68 years old, almost 300 pounds. If I can do it, Anyone can do it. It's simply making a decision. Beachbody, decide, commit, succeed. The first decision is deciding. And we I decided that a thousand times. But it wasn't until I committed 100%. And kind of my mantra is, when you're 100% committed to your success, there's always an answer. Like, what do you do when you travel? What do you do in your restaurant? There's always an answer. When you're not 100% committed, there's always an excuse. Pick if you want to create success or create an excuse because they're both your choice. Excellent. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. My so pleasure. Much being here, I'm just, I could just talk to you all day. You're just so, have oh. so much great positive energy and so many wonderful things things to think about. I love your mantras. I love the things that you use to tell people how to change their mindset and look at things a lot differently. I and I want to tell everybody, stay tuned for a special announcement. But I did want to thank somebody who's been in the background, and that's Rebecca from PKA Solves. And she's been engineering the whole thing, and she helped us with the slideshow. Oh, hi, Rebecca. And she, she does everything. So I can just hang out with Judy and have fun and not have to worry about clicking or thinking. And I also wanted to thank Jess from Just Has Voice. She did the voiceover. She did the countdown. And so she's really talented too. Most of all, I want to thank you guys. I'm here. Judy's here. We are here because we believe in this lifestyle. And we believe that you can achieve weight loss and improved health and clarity in your mind and just 
feeling a lot better than maybe you do today. And if you've adopted the lifestyle, take it up a notch. There's always room to add a little bit more to make you feel even better. But because you're here, we're getting this out to the internet, which is getting it out to the world. And when you share and like and subscribe to broadcasts like this, that's your vote. So cast it. And one way of casting your vote is when I'm going to be signing off with Judy, you can type in be strong, be well, and be green. But before that, Jess Tass Voice, tell us who's coming up next. Vanessa Mendez, MD, is a double board certified gastroenterologist and internist. She specializes in digestive disorders as well as obesity and constipation. Join us Wednesday, September 22nd, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. Well, thanks, everybody. Judy, you want to help me sign off and maybe everybody else can type that in while we do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Be strong, be well, and be Be green. green. (laughs) Bye, everyone.